This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. You are listening to a special edition iFanboy podcast on All-Star Superman. Welcome to the special edition iFanboy podcast on All-Star Superman. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Chris Neesman. Hello. Paul Montgomery. Ahoy there. And Dr. Ryan Hopp. Hi, everybody. I'm not a doctor yet. Well, I like to call you doctor because you're a scientist. You're a resident scientist. Fair enough. Professor? Can I be professor? The professor. The professor, Dr. Ryan Hopp. This is the animation panel. We convene to discuss these movies. This is why I look forward to DC's animated features because I get to talk to you guys. Yeah, it's, it's our special grouping, like a strike force. Also, Superman is the latest in the DC Universe animated original films. It's the 10th film. But before we get to that, you know, we recorded this the day the film came out, which was Tuesday the 22nd. And unfortunately... We were met with the sad news that the writer of the film, Dwayne McDuffie, suddenly passed away. He has actually been very integral, not just in these films, but in DC animation in general and the whole Bruce Timm machine. And he's written a bunch of these movies. So it was very sad news on the day that his latest film was released that we learned that he had, he passed on. And it sort of cast a pall over everything. I got the news actually while literally watching the movie. So it really changed the tenor of my experience. So it's going to be an interesting discussion. The last half to one third for me was a bit strange, but terrible news he was one of the guys in comics that i don't think that he was nearly as heralded as he should have been he was one of the guys that would be in the trenches that you know if dc or marvel needed a guy to step in and ride a ship you know he was he was that guy and the comics are poor today because of his loss. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, in the animated stuff he did and, and all of his comics and Milestone in particular, uh, something that, I mean, the, the guy left his mark on comics. I think that 
people probably know him best from the animated world, but he's been in comics since the 80s. He's worked in editorial. He's, as Chris said, started Milestone. Oh, I guess a company that was designed to promote a more racially diverse crowd because superheroes, media. Milestone Media superheroes can be rather monochromatic. And in, in addition to that, doing some great comic writing. But he's also a guy who spent most of the last decade doing really important superhero stuff in terms of the Justice League cartoon, the Superman cartoon. And he's been one of the main guys on the DC Universe animated movies. He, I saw him speak uh, about the Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, which he also wrote. At the time, he'd said he had a bunch of scripts, so it'll be interesting to see if any more of his films come out. Well, which will certainly be interesting. hope so. Going back, I mean, if you look at Justice League of America or, or uh, JLU, if he didn't write the episode, he was probably a story editor on yes. that episode. Just the majority of them. And going back to you know, sort of my childhood, uh, Static Shock. Yep. And it was a great Saturday morning cartoon. So influential in that as well. Created the character. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's. I mean, influential is a great word. You you could argue that the Justice League cartoon was some of the best, or, or all the Bruce Tim cartoon, some of the best superhero work in, in any medium in the last twenty years. And he's responsible for a lot of that. So I think. Uh, as someone yeah. said on Twitter, he's he's probably responsible for most people's view on superheroes because more more, more people have seen the cartoons and have read the books. Oh sure, I mean, and and, and we talk about the Tim verse so much, especially on you know obviously on, on these shows, but you know it's 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 Bruce Tim and and Paul Denny and Dwayne McDuffie. I mean, it's a huge part of all that. Yeah. Sure, yeah, Pretty, especially today, just the yeah. timing of it was couldn't have been. I mean, it is, it's never a good news, but the timing of it was different, yeah. certainly shocking. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My buddy Sal, you know, who I work with, walks in and he's like, oh, this can't be true. N- not on today. I mean, this has got to be some sort of, you know, weird, you know, Mark Twain thing that, you know, tomorrow we're going to find out that he's fine. It's just, yeah, the timing on it was just pretty surreal. So let's do the best thing we can do to honor him, which is talk about his, his work, because, you know, there's not much else we can do. Other than appreciate what he came, what he did, and and what in All Star Superman we have here is a seventy minute adaptation of one of the I think it's safe to say modern classics. Oh yeah, one of the yeah. seminal a, a Superman daunting stories. task if there was one in adapting you know comics to to the screen. Um, and I was I mean I, when when we all were first you started were you talking, worried were you worried whenever they announced it? No, nope. I, I I wasn't I wasn't worried because I know they usually handle these things very well. But then I was like. I wouldn't want to have to do it just because, I mean, it's the nature of the beast is it's, it's a 12 issue maxi series. It's beautifully drawn by Frank quietly. It's a great bunch of scripts from Grant Morrison and it's very episodic in nature though. There is a through line in it. So there is something that you can do to make this into one, you know, feature film instead of say a mini series or something like that. And I think that they figured out the right balance to do so. So I was I was pretty impressed with it. That said, when you're coming right from the books, now I, re- I just reread the Absolute Edition just today, waiting for the UPS guy to finally come with the, with the movie. So I was watching everything happen on the screen that I saw you know, in the book just a few hours before that. And there's a couple of segments missing, but... Sure. It really doesn't. It doesn't hurt that much. And when you're talking about 70-minute movies, it's going to happen. And I'm glad that they didn't try to shoehorn everything into it and just make it a bunch of like montages, basically. No, oh, I, I agree. It's you know, you know, first of all, you know, I asked you if you were worried. I was kind of petrified that they were making this into into a 70-minute uh, feature. This is you know, All-Star Superman for for me. My 
it is my favorite comic of the last decade. You could drop the name All Star Superman and rename it Superman is awesome because that's what <laughs> that, that's what that's what the series is about. It was twelve issues. I would actually subtitle it. We're talking to you kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Superman is awesome. Listen up. It, it was it was twelve issues of Grant Morrison explaining why Superman is interesting. Why Superman is an amazing character and whenever you take something that has you know the the depth of of what he was able to create there and whatever you know magic pill grant morrison was able to take you know whenever he was writing this i mean he's the he's the dave kingman uh, of comics i mean you know say what you will about the the guy sometimes it's a strikeout or sometimes it's a a 700 foot home run and and this is definitely one of his home runs whenever they announced that they were going to do an animated feature of it it's like oh man this this could be an epic fail. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that it's your favorite Superman of the past decade because no, it's my it's my favorite comic of the last decade. Sorry, favorite comic of the last decade because I recently read the article Mike Romo wrote, uh, fellow staff writer and I fanboy wrote on the site about the Superman 2000 pitch that uh, Grant Morrison, Mark Miller, uh, Mark Wade, and Tom Payer put together and. I haven't had a chance to go back and read all the comics associated with this, like Paul assigned me to do. Sorry, Paul. Mm-hmm. But I did watch the movie, and it's it's fascinating having read what Grant wanted to do in the year 2000 juxtaposed with what he was able to do in All-Star Superman. Well, it was basically what the, the, the pitch, which we will link in the show notes if you want to go back and, and read Mike's article about it. It's also Superman basically seems to be damn, they wouldn't do my book, so I'm just going to do it as this thing. So a lot of it, you can almost imagine what a full line of Superman books in this style would have been. But let's get to the film. I thought it was very good. I thought McDuffie's work in terms of adapting the story was fantastic. But one disappointment I had was, to me, the, the best issue of the series was issue 10, mm-hmm. which was the one where he basically goes around the world doing stuff one last time. And I thought that could have very easily been handled in a very quick sequence. Because the one part we missed from this, the series, it's, the comic series was each issue was about a different aspect of Superman. And the one we didn't really get in the movie was the way, how did he interact with the people of Earth and what, what did he do for the people of Earth? So that was the only thing I was disappointed by, but not really seeing that. Yeah, before. issue 10, he uh, basically That's where he did the cures kids, the all kids. illness, yeah. <laughs> which is one of the coolest ideas ever is saying, well, why don't you, you know, you take the, the Kandor people and, you know, let them out of the bottle and allow them to basically go on like fantastic voyages through people's bodies and fix you know everything going wrong with their blood cells and stuff like that and i think their their new operation is on mars like they make a, a little platform up there and so they have a tiny little city on mars so they can't you know superman couldn't figure out how to make them larger again but he did say you know why don't you be the greatest like medical fighting force ever <laughs> so they're like basically like nanobots or something but um so oh. it's that's so. Uh, that's a that's a great issue. The the other things that are missing, um, the the Jimmy Olsen, the Superman, the Doomsday, Olsen, the Doomsday, <laughs> the Doomsday. <laughs> that's that's missing. Um, and then the other one was Bizarro. the, the Bizarro. Bizarro. Well, also right. the stuff, the issue with the other oh. Superman coming to the farm in Kansas. Yes. yes, yeah, that was that that was understandably missing because that was the kind of the overarching story, and that Superman lives on. But you don't really know it until the very end that he's been in this story earlier. In this. And that was okay to take out because they were sort of changing the ending a little bit. And you, to do that, you had to remove all that stuff. And I understood why they did. They couldn't yeah. put everything in. But I really, thought they made good choices in, yes. in, in yes. what parts it's they made. The spirit of the story is completely there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the only the only way to do it and the only way that you know me being a, a selfish uh, 
the all-star Superman nerd would be instead of a 70 minute feature. I would have loved to have seen, you know, 12 half hour episodes that sure. break down each one. But, you know, that's just in, in Chris's little world that that would happen. But I thought the choices that they made made for an engaging movie. And, and I'm really interested, you know, obviously everyone here has has read the series and now watched this. I want to get the opinion from people that haven't read All-Star Superman in what kind of a movie it is. Because mm. I, I, I'm i so close to the source material that that's what I'm judging it against. You know, but yep. right there, it's like, oh, okay, well, this I love this part of the series. You know, this is one of my favorite scenes. You know, oh, there's Jimmy Olsen in a dress. That's hilarious. Uh, it, so I really want to know what people who haven't read it will, sure. will think of it. Because I, I, I don't know. I, you know, um, I watched. Of- I watched it with somebody who hadn't read the comics. My girlfriend Julie, and she she scoffed a lot at the Silver Age wackiness of it. You should dump her right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trap. <laughs> well, I just don't think. I mean, she she just. I mean, what what did she scoff at? What were the elements? Well, I think okay. So she scoffed at some of the bigger, wackier science ideas, which I kind of just kept like. Reminding her, like, no, 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 it's Silver Age. It's Silver Age. This is Grant Morrison's ode to the Silver Age. Um, like Solaris, which is which actually is a Morrison creation. It's but it feels like it's something that's. But from, yeah, uh, and like where Silver he's Age. feeding the Sun Eater by pounding stars out with his cosmic. That was anvil. awesome. It's I so agree, cool. it's awesome. But if you're not like, if you're not inundated dump her comics dump her viewing the world and no nope. dump priorities her. man um i'm 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 angry that she would scoff at that because that's fucking awesome she, i think she also scoffed at the romance a little bit um i think she just didn't quite latch on to the lois clark super well that's that I, I can see that because one of the things i've talked about in my previous analyses of the animated world is that for some reason the animated lois and clark relationship is bizarre it doesn't. Come, it doesn't really seem to work in the animated world. I don't know. The why. animated world. It's yeah. always bizarre. It's bizarre. Period. No, but it's really bizarre. I mean, like if you watch, if you rewatch the Superman the animated series, they don't even have a relationship. There's no even hint of it until the very yeah. very end. They seem to totally totally issue it for whatever reason. But seriously, you should dump her. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, uh, but let's let's back up for just one second. Some yeah. people who haven't seen it or maybe don't know the quick story is is Superman in the beginning. He saves. And there's an expedition to the sun which Lex Luthor sabotages, Superman saves it, and in the course of doing so, his cells get overexposed to sun energy, which his cells cold. His and, body and, can't process all of the light that's coming into his body. Right, so it starts to right, break Ryan? down his yes. body. He's dying, so this is Superman's last story. He's, as he's Superman's dying... Superman's cancer year. He's going to, <laughs> yes, he's going to do as much as he can in the time he's got left, and this is his... So he's going to walk across the country. Oh, oh different story. It's, it's like taking a cactus and putting it underwater in the tropics. Like, it's going to drown and die of too much sunlight. We'll take that, that old chestnut. Yeah. And the only, the only other thing I didn't like was I thought Anthony LaPaglia's Lex... I thought his the quality of his voice was good. I liked the fact that it was sandpapery and sort of thuggish, but I didn't like his performance. Oh, interesting. I didn't I feel, really I didn't feel like it fit. I agree with you, Carl. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm with Con. Well, and also, I, I, it was really I similar to Perry White, and there were times when they were talking to each other. And you're like, is this one guy doing two slightly different voices? Well, Perry White was Ed Asner. Yes. Yeah. So, Granny Goodness. Uh, <laughs> so, so I was thinking Granny Goodness all times. So. That's tough. That's a tough one to I get around. I was Lou Grant. Don't besmirch Ed Asner. Nobody's besmirching. Um, <laughs> I just, I, other than that, I thought the voices were strong. I thought Christina Hendricks was a great Lois Lane. Amazing. Yeah, I loved it. James Denton was a good Superman. Like he, I don't think he stood out either way. I think he, I think he fit with the tone of, of the kind of Superman that's in the story, which is very mellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just very, very relaxed Superman. Like yeah. 
you know. Well, that's part of that's part of Grant Morrison's vision in Superman 2000 is that why would Superman ever be worried? Like, what's he got to worry about? He's Superman, so he has a very relaxed, affable, handshake, quick with a smile Superman. This Superman, and it's in the comic and it's in the movie, is that he's a very father-like figure. We yep. are, it, it, I mean, he's almost he really is godlike in 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 that way, and he's here to tend to humanity and and he sees the best in us and he's very fatherly towards humanity and that's one of the reasons i love this book and 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 how kind of morrison taps into that you know kind of like hyper humanity of of superman and and that's you know that's really kind of the heart of the story is is He's the outsider, but he loves this planet. He loves humanity so much. And I think it shines through the movie almost as well as it does in the comic. Yeah. Another interesting thing about the film was, for a good part of it, it's a drama. I love that, too. Because, so, I mean, so much of these Bruce Timm movies are just clobberfests, especially like something yeah. like Superman Doomsday. Like, it's most of the movie is fighting, and that's always great because they're so well choreographed and animated. But I realized about two-thirds way through this movie i'm like there's barely been any fighting and i love that it's so quiet and understated i think that could be why they they they're coming off as somewhat worried about the film because i mean there are certainly action scenes and there's some great action sequences but the first half of the film there's like one action sequence that's short and the rest of it's just people talking this is not a film for six-year-olds no it was was great in that sense but i was surprised ryan's right normally the bruce tim these films particularly lean towards action because that they don't have a lot of time, and they got to sell these things. I feel like this is the this is the kind of product that that's a reward for them doing things like the Superman Batman movies. Yeah, which pro which I you know they're not selling huge numbers, but those are probably their their better sellers. Apocalypse was great. I I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, it's it's just one great choreographed fight scene after another. Mm-hmm. And another thing is that when this line was originally announced, it was said we're going to animate in the style of the art of the books, and that didn't always work out. But in this instance, now clearly they couldn't make it look like Frank Quiley all the time. No. There was a few few shots where I was like, whoa. I mean, the first time you see Ma Kent when she's young, mm-hmm. I actually, my mouth fell open because it looked yeah. exactly like a Frank Quiley drawing. See, I was more nervous. So Chris mentioned that he was really nervous about how they were going to adapt the story, but I was more nervous about how they were going to adapt the art. So what did you think about it? I, I, liked it a lot. I was nervous about that as well. Man. So Chris is a bundle of nerves. I'm only nervous about one thing. He's the anti-Superman. <laughs> I mean, this is right there with what they're going to make a movie out of Watchmen. Oh, boy. It seems like for whatever reason, the Bruce Tim animation style, they love to try and accent Superman's cheekbones. This is a weird pet peeve I've had since <laughs> yes. the Tim Daly days. It was really bad in the early Doom, episodes of Doomsday. the Justice League and in Superman Doomsday. They always give him these really, they want to give him defined cheekbones and make him just have like perfect Zoolander-esque bone structure. And I often think that it makes him just look older and tired. It does. It, looks, it makes him look like he's 50 years old. But in this, they pulled it off because if they ever did that, it was never a hard line. It was always with shading or it was in profile and it kind of, it worked. I don't know. His face or angles looked like a Frank Quitely face in a way that I didn't come across as overly detailed in the way that Frank Quitely's art does on the page. Yeah. And the well, body quiet, type quiet. Superman was that big burly yeah. barrel chested body yeah, type. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That was really nice. Quietly Superman is always really doughy looking. Yep. And I yeah. and I like that. And they kind of split the difference here a little bit. And you know, that was I, I like, you know, his his Superman always looks 
kind of soft and kindly, but there's still a power behind it. Especially it's, Clark. Clark is really sort of dumpy looking. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And they, I think they did a, a particularly good job there. Also, when he I does think, the best Clark. Best when Clark, I, period. Yeah, when, I, when I think quietly, I think, and, and All-Star Superman, I think of his take on, on Luthor. And I th- just because the, the bald head just sort of lends itself to quietly style and, and that, that great purple and green costume that he wears, um, which isn't his robot suit. It's just it's a weird, like, sort of leprechaun kind of costume. But <laughs> it looks kind of cool. And I think they, they captured that very well here. The other thing that, that's really cool, uh, it's not, I mean, we're, we're mentioning the character designs, but also just the frame composition it just totally looks like a Frank Quitely world. And there are sequences in this that are sort of like shot for shot remakes of the sequences in the comics, like that we mentioned the uh, forging the star. A lot of the stuff in the Fortress of Solitude, there are shots like that are direct mm-hmm. recreation panels. And yep. that really sure. like grounds it and brings it home. Like since I just read the book today, it was it was just amazing. It was, it was like, fresh looking, in your mind. It was maybe. almost yeah, it was almost like a like a motion comic almost. Just because, like, there are exact shots, like the that scene, the scene where the the future telescope, yep. yeah. um, where he's at that console uh, when they're in the Titanic that he Did has. Did your girlfriend before. scoff at the future telescope? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but they and they and they well yeah. The Future Telescope is she, awesome. You she scoffed her. the hardest at the Fortress of Solitude itself, which oh, I think... Oh, come on. Well, oh, it's, listen, it's listen. It's the Fortress of Solitude. <sighs> but it's kind of a... I mean, don't you think that's kind of just a guy thing? Like, our, it's it's the den personified... Well, not personified, it's like the but... It's, it's like the hyper-den, yeah. the super-den. It's the, the retreat. The thing I like about this version of the Fortress of Solitude is every other version is about the crystals. And, yes. you know, it's all about making it look like you're inside a glacier. But well, it's here, all the Donner version, yeah. Yeah, but he, yeah, here it's like, you know, it's like the Batcave, but for Superman. Well, it's, it's the Silver Age. It's the Silver Age. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's more a laboratory than yeah. a, la- a laboratory, yeah. repository, zoo. And a gallery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's no, where it, Superman goes to be even more awesome than he is <laughs> anywhere else. I love the key, the really heavy key. That was great. That I love that. That was great. He can pick up. It always reminds me of that scene in Futurama where the professor has a teaspoon of dark matter so heavy that each pound weighs over 1,000 pounds. <laughs> so, spe- spe- speaking of the key, that's one of my favorite scenes in the book and in the movie, and I'm glad that they kept it in the movie. Is not the original scene where we see the the super oh, heavy dwarf star key. It's where it's where the uh, the Kryptonian astronauts have have infiltrated the fortress while Superman has been off on on other other business, and the the male. Uh, Kryptonian, yeah, Barrel, um, kind of like tosses the key at one of Superman's robot <laughs> servants, and it, and it and it rips it and it rips his arm off. But there's this amazing moment where Superman stops and leans down to tend to the robot to see if he's okay. And this is this is a robot that he has actual feelings about that this is someone with strength preying on someone with with less strength and it's like this amazing moment of humanity and i'm just like you know that that moment that page kind of boils down that character a lot for me and i I, i'm so glad that they kept it into the movie really i disagree what do you mean 
Well, I mean, to is me, this that's something just like, your girlfriend told you. No, no, she um she had, <laughs> she had left by that point. Um, but but uh, I mean, to me, that's just like if somebody threw a rock at my laptop, I'm gonna I'm gonna check on my laptop, make sure it's still functioning. Uh, okay. I don't know. I'm just saying, like I I guess maybe maybe that scene just hit a little too close to home with what's been going on in Jeopardy with Hal and the robots are gonna take over soon. No, because there's a there's a good there's also another there's a payoff to that too when he goes yeah, to, to face off that's against. True. Solaris and the robot butler army goes after you know with him and then I, Robot Seven has to atone and <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I like that to save Superman. It's yeah. They're not just laptops, Ryan. They're not just laptops. Oh I'd God. still be pissed if someone threw a rock at my laptop. Oh, sure, hell yeah. Is it weird that now I'm trying to do the math to see if the entire Bottle City of Candor put together could lift the key if Superman wasn't around? If, like they all, you know, you go. For <laughs> I'm sure the we numbers have, are out we there. Have to, we have to get out of here because there's so, min- a little miniature Kryptonians. Sorry, so I think we, I think we've, I, I think we've established this is one of the better ones. I'm not sure where it falls in the continuum. I think I'm actually going to write an article about where it falls in the continuum. But I think this is definitely a really one of the really good ones. Yeah. I think it's it's tricky because I, it doesn't automatically lend itself to being a feature, but it's the best feature that could be made. Yeah. From this material, which is just like perfect comic material even i was listening to there's some great extras on here we should mention that um there's a there's a commentary track with bruce tim and grant morrison and grant morrison uh, had expressed before the commentary started that he he really enjoyed the film and bruce tim is nervous throughout saying that he's glad that he likes it he hopes frank quietly likes it he really likes it and is very proud of it but he just hopes that the audience likes it and embraces it because he knows that it's not Oh, like yeah. he, he mentions uh, screening the Red Hood at San Diego and the crowd going nuts over the ultraviolence and grittiness of it. It's <laughs> totally not that. It's the only one that I can think of out of the 10 features now that we have that that's kind of an Elseworlds story. Uh, everything else you can put in. Well, the uh, Gotham Knight anthology was pretty. Oh, oh yeah. But it, does that count? Yes. The, that's one of the 10. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that was just like shorts Frontier. of, of different. Crisis on Two Earths. I was going to say Crisis on Two Earths. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> what do you know? Crisis on Two Earths fits. Yeah, that's actually an, also a no. quite Morrison quietly adaptation kind that, of. That's a that's a that's a JLA I mean, story. And it's you a know, Morris, it's a Morrison quietly adaptation. I think it's also the most kind of quiet cerebral one that I remember anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this this is the one that comes to mind. It's like, you know, if you were to play all of them, including the, the JLU stuff together, it's like, eh, different Superman. Yep. You know, oh, it, yeah, it's, sure. yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's like it's, we said it's, earlier, it's an older Superman. He's a more mature, more stately. Uh, yeah. More awesome. He's, he's more awesome, yes. <laughs> this, uh, I, I really, I, I'm going to stand on that. You could rename this Superman is awesome. And as Connor said, <laughs> well, behind, kids, yeah. you know, listen up. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're, we're mentioning, I'm sorry, we're mentioning how just like sort of cerebral and, and sort of like it's it's about drama and relationships. There, there are really great action sequences in it, though. I really liked oh, um, sure. the, the parasite scene. Yes. Yeah. It was really creepy. I love the design for Parasite. <laughs> and the visual representation of his powers and how he sucked the life out of people. Oh, that was awesome. He isn't in the comics. No, that was really cool. How he saw everyone as, as sort of blobs of power. and how, That was creepy. Yeah. I like that a lot. Tim's style, we know, is that team can do action. I mean, that, there's just no way around it. There's no arguing against it. They can do animate action. Now, we, we mentioned the extras. What we didn't mention was the showcase because there was none. There was no showcase for the first time in four movies? How many have there been? Four or five. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's just a one-time thing or they're done because I, I didn't go to the press screening for this one. I didn't find out. How else am I ever going to have a Doom Patrol comic? <laughs> <laughs> or animated? Uh, I do know the collection they put together did not sell well at all. So ah. that means there's no more shorts or what. But it was disappointing to learn. Because one of the things we've been looking forward to along with the films is a little 10-minute short, which features a character you're never going to see get its own movie. And it's always nice to see the Spectre or Green Arrow or somebody you'll never get to see at their own film. But this time there wasn't one. I wonder if we're going to see them in the future. We'll find out, I guess, next time. If there's no showcase short for Green Lantern and Emerald Knight, then uh, yeah. then we'll know they're done. But uh, yeah. Which, by the way, looks really, really good. They have a, a sneak peek of Emerald Knights, and it looks awesome. Does it look better than the last film? live-action movie? <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, it's they're bringing in uh, Peggy Olson as Arista or Arisia, Arisia, yeah, as the new recruit. And sort of the the idea is Nathan Fillion as Hal Jordan is in line waiting. They're waiting to get their rings charged, so they're in line, and he, uh, she's uh, attracted to him. And and but she looks to him as a mentor, and he tells her a bunch of stories of like old stories of the Green Lanterns. And there's a Kilowog story, Tales from and, the Core. And nice. the, yeah, and uh, Avin Sarah's story, and then they tell the um, the the what's the um, the planet, the planet Mogo. Yeah, they tell that story as well, and it's all different animation styles. It's a Man. different <sighs> animation house doing each one. Oh, I just got a huge Woody. That is awesome. <laughs> so it's really like going to be pissed. <laughs> it's sort of like Gotham. That is Knights, awesome. But with but there's going to be like a you know a bookend sort of, and I think there's a main. Like uh, Krona is coming, so there's a like an overall our overarching story, but then there's these little eight to ten minute vignettes, oh, and Rowdy Roddy Piper is in yeah. it. <laughs> now I'm just looking this up while Paul's been talking, and it, it, the film after Green Lantern: Emerald Knights is scheduled to be Batman Year One, right? And wow. according to this article I'm seeing, there's supposedly a Catwoman showcase, so maybe there's a showcase aren't dead. Now that's unless they haven't killed it; they could always have killed it. Ah. We'll, we'll, we're not going to find out until this actually comes out. But that, Batman Year One makes Chris happy. Yeah, so we'll find out. <laughs> so we got some more of these, at least a couple more. It's funny because you know we, we we mention this every episode, but I always just wait for the announcement to say these are dead just because that's my pessimistic <laughs> attitude towards these wonderful films. But contradictory sales reports online seem to show that they're still doing relatively well, mm-hmm. if, if not spectacular. There's only been a couple of films that sold really well. That was the Superman Doomsday the Batman, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, and Batman Under the Red Hood. The rest of well, in the same. You know, you know we, we've got a we've got a new Batman live action movie coming up, and Green Lantern, of course. And I I have a feeling that the that the live action you know major motion picture releases will help fuel some of the uh, the animated sales so, as well. The other, the other thing I thought of for the first time the other day was when does Bruce seem get tired of this? <laughs> Maybe never. Uh, he just wants to work, and that's. Hey, man! I, I think he likes being on Conan, so that's you know. <laughs> hopefully, it's, it's working for him. But how long have you been doing iFanboy, Connor? Not as long as he's been doing the animated shows. I don't oh. that's a good point. That's a good he's point. been doing them since all the way back to you know. Yeah. Not just the movies, but anyway, I'm not. I, that was just a, a thought that came to me, and I went, "Oh God, why did I think that?" So, <laughs> well, I, never, so was there anything? Humbled. Was there anything that we didn't like about this movie? Uh, we usually do like a, a gush fest, and then we try to come up with well, something. I, mean, like I, said, I didn't really love Lapalia's Lex Luthor. I thought the voice quality was good, but the acting wasn't. I thought, but you're wrong about that, though. But so. what do you guys think about the ending? Because <sighs> well, I mean, they changed um, the, change the ending a bit, just real quick. They just yeah. 
But they show much. Lex Luthor giving the instructions to uh, the, the recipe for right. Superman. Yeah, that bro- that okay. bro- which okay. is a ludicrous. And, 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 okay, I've got, I've, I've got some reasoning for this. <laughs> Paul, did you call that ludicrous? No, I said I said it broke my science brain. Oh, uh, I thought somebody called it ludicrous. Go ahead. Oh. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was cool. And, and here's some reasoning on this, is that Morrison has, I don't know if he's come out and, and flat said it or kind of intimated it, that Quintum is actually luther time traveling luther now that's a theory that's been online that's not, yeah it's a, it's a th- I don't know. in fact if you have the absolute edition morrison's profile of quintus doesn't mention luther at all i don't think that's i don't think it's true okay but, but it, it's it's something that's out there that with with luther giving that to quintum that would kind of make sense yeah i don't believe it. i i don't probably okay. ending just because they had to sort of condense everything and i yeah. think the whole point of the the last battle was that luther realizes that he's wasted everything he's wasted his, his talents on humanity and he hasn't done anything to help humanity so his last act of helping humanity is to bring superman back <laughs> it's, yeah, which kind of, yeah, i can understand it, someone not liking that but and i think in this this particular story after what luther's been exposed to when he got superman's powers and can see the world for the first time the way superman does that he decides he wants to continue that on i don't know i can oh, i didn't have a problem with it i, I have one um th- okay this but this is also a thing that i it occurred to me when, when i was reading the book this morning as well is the the thing that really doesn't work for me is Lois trying to kill Superman in the beginning. She goes and, and sneaks off to get that gun, the kryptonite yeah. gun, saying that, you know, Superman is going to use her to breed an army of super babies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's gone insane. It just it you don't have enough time and enough yeah. information. Yeah, but they, but they explain that. that. Um, yeah, I, she I was insane he, from the gas. Right. Yeah. But no, I see what Paul's saying. It happens. She breathed the gas in and she went insane. They didn't really explain. They didn't really. It was sort of a passing thing. She breathed. She breathed the gas. It happens quickly, but it dissipates so quickly too. But it feels like such a. I mean, because you know, Lois is kind of a, a steady supporter of Superman. To have her turn on him so quickly and then to come back into the fold so quickly. I agree with Paul. It is. It just, it it's just seem, a little bit of a leap from. But after. yeah, but 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 that's the that's the whole like fatherly Superman <laughs> persona and attitude. Like, oh, I left this door open and there's this gas. I'm sorry, it made you a little crazy. Won't happen again. You know, it's <laughs> he's like I for, you know he's like well oh it's, it turns out I was right I am I am immune to kryptonite now that's okay that you shot me that you tried to murder me like it's, 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 well, it's, it's, it fits it's, into that whole Morrison pitch from the one we talked about earlier is that why he, would Superman really work? mellow because at the end of the day nothing can hurt him right yeah. so it's kind of like if somebody walked up and punched but wouldn't him you face, be like you know like, like emotionally you know like that your girlfriend tried to kill you even if like you knew that it. What, you know, if even if you were wearing a bulletproof vest, wouldn't you be kind of hurt? No, because you know she was breathed the gas and that it made her crazy. That that's yeah. that that's that godly fatherly persona that he had. I mean, that's it's he's so far above humanity that of course he understands and that okay. and and he reasons that. I think that's I think that's an integral part of of Morrison's view of this character yep. is that is that we are so much like his children that it's it's a father's love not you know not a boyfriend girlfriend relationship. He loves that's Lois. <laughs> you know, I agree with Paul. I agree with Paul because it rides that line between like, okay, it's a father's love, but what if what if the father's love was directed towards an ant hill and we were kind of like a, we were kind of a going. curiosity I don't like that, towards Lois. But the whole point is that he knows he's never in any danger. He knows he's not really trying. Yeah. 
But because, he's also like yeah. humanity is just a curiosity, and the things we do are just kind of like, oh, so she. No, 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 it's more yeah, than no, no. It's a, it's a curiosity for the Kryptonian astronauts, and that's what he when he comes to the realization of now when I'm gone, I wanted you to be you know to tend to the flock. But, that's just naive. That's but, too but, trusting. Well, yeah, but it's but that is that's. That's one of the things that you know also lends to you know, Superman's. He sees the good. He wants to see the good That's in everyone. True. I'm just saying I don't trust astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a personal issue. It stems back to ET. I don't really want to talk about it. All right. So there's clearly a lot of things going on in this film. You can move the discussion down to the comment section, ifanboy.com, which is where you can go to check out. All the shows we do, and you can find comment section on the show. You can talk about what you thought about the film. It'll be interesting to see because it's such a seminal work that actually surprising amount of people don't like, and just those people are wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> they and Ryan's girlfriend are wrong. I'm yeah. just waiting for the first comment to be overrated. Will that be from your girlfriend? <laughs> no, she's not on the site. What are you talking about? She reads my columns and then leaves. Yeah. Well, wonderful for, for you and for her. So check out <laughs> ifanboy.com. We, we do a weekly show about the new book. We do, we do interviews. We do all kinds of things. Chris does all kinds of things for us. Paul writes for us. Ryan writes for us. It's a fun time. Till the next film, which is the summer, I believe, right? Green Lantern's in June. So we'll be back for June. We'll reconvene the panel in June. We should do a supplemental. We should like do a do a recap of, of the last ten. Because I, I like talking to we you. We could possibly do that. We could possibly. Yeah. We'll discuss yeah. this offline. <laughs> they don't need to be in on the meetings. <laughs> Breaking the <laughs> we should we should talk about Young Justice because that's been a lot of fun. That's yeah. Consider doing some recaps of the animated shows that have been coming on because there's also Avengers, which is quite popular as well. So we'll talk. Yeah, about but that, but that's Marvel. We we only talk about Marvel. DC. All right, we'll discuss this offline, people. All right. <laughs> All right, until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Chris. I'm Paul. And I'm Professor Ryan. He needs a new girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> gotta dump that girl she'll come around she hasn't seen all the other movies she was he was great he made sons and broke them up on a like a space anvil that's awesome faster than a speeding bullet more powerful than a locomotive Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound, this amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, the man of steel, Superman! <laughs> <laughs>